This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast, number 21. There's a milestone for you. In this episode, I'm delighted to introduce Julia Berry of Applecross Alpacas. She and her husband have been steadily growing their herd from four pregnant females to their current 23. Fleece has long been a passion, and crafting in a variety of ways even longer. Put the two together and you get passion for fleece and fibre, and a mission to spread the word to others so they can get their hands on some outstanding fibre that feels amazing beneath the fingers as you work with it. You will remember my wife Sue met Julia and her husband at Wonderwall, where they were doing just that. Here she shares her passion and belief that we can make more of the fibre we all love. Here she is. Hi Julia and welcome to the Alpaca Tribe podcast. Thank you. Great to have you with us. Really pleased to, to be talking with you today. And can I just ask you, when did you meet your first alpaca? And how did it make you feel? Crumbs, that's a difficult question. Um, it was probably about seven, eight years ago. Um, and it was probably at a show. Right. Um, but after that, we started, we, we thought about alpacas for a long time. Um, we have about 40 acres here and we right. used to have a lot of horses on the farm. Um, and the number of horses have gone down and down and down. Um, and the amount of grass is still the same, so it it needed something to eat it. <laughs> yes, it does keep growing. <laughs> um, my husband's had sheep in the past. He had a, a 200 flock herd, didn't want to go back into sheep. Mm. So we were looking for something else. Uh, we looked at goats. They're okay, but nothing special. Um, alpacas captivate your heart. Don't they? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It, it's it, they're so insatiably curious, but nervous, but inquisitive. It's a whole um, gamut of different kind of uh, expressions. Um, that they're such characters that you don't find in a lot of other animals. Right. Uh, yeah. That are, are, right. are kept as livestock, really. They, they, they're so unique. Each of them have their own characters. They do, don't they? And they, the, the way they look at you, and some, yep. some of ours are real starers. Yep. They, they kind of those big you, dark eyes. Yeah. And you, what is going on behind those eyes? Because <laughs> something is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, excellent. So, t- tell us a bit about yourself and and your your alpaca journey and, and sort of where where you where you've got to now. Uh, well. As I say, we were looking for something to keep the grass down and, and keep us amused. Um, I've always been a crafter ever since I was a little girl. Um, and so that kind of fitted in with the alpacas as well, because I thought I could use their fleece and do something crafty with their fleece. Uh, we went to a few open days and spoke to a few breeders and looked at the money and thought, mm, is it really worth it? They're quite expensive, certainly in when we've bought our first four girls they were quite expensive and do we really want to invest that much money and we kind of went away and thought about it and came back and saw some more and they are lovely aren't they we they they are nice animals and so we took the plunge I bought four pregnant females 
So we dived in big time. Yeah. <laughs> no other feeling. We, we started with five. We're pregnant, pregnant females. Yeah. Um, Clear intent there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we couldn't afford to buy as many as we, we needed, right. <laughs> wanted. So buying the pregnant females was the way we, we went. Yeah. And we had our first four born within probably a couple of months of having them. Mm. Was that a surprise? Uh, not, not a surprise that they, they gave birth, but the, the change that comes when the, the career arrive. It was lovely. We really enjoyed the experience. We, we were only meant to have two that first year. Right. Um, the other two were younger females, but they'd had a male in the field with the females, so they field mated. <laughs> right. Those two they thought were too young to have career that year but they managed to all produce within a couple of months of having them. Right. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And what was really great is that we had a mother and daughter. Um, oh, right. my, husband, my husband rode down the road and came back and said, I think Georgina's giving birth. So off we rush out into the field see what's going on. And we go down to Georgina and yes, she's given birth quite easily on her own. Yeah. And the two of the others were hanging around to say hello to the career like they always do. Absolutely. Um, and I thought, where's Jessica, which is Georgina's daughter. Yeah. And then I spot her up in the top corner of the field. Yeah. There's something with her. Oh my <laughs> goodness. She's had a baby too. So within an hour of each other, mother and daughter produced. Oh, well, fantastic. Yeah. So it was it was a lovely experience, and all four of them were easy births, and they all had girls. Oh well, there we, we are. We were on the moon. We know it was a fantastic experience to start with. They all did well. Oh, it's easy. This right. Let's <laughs> carry on. Then. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't always. No, it con doesn't continue that way. But yeah, no, it it's a good way to start. Not. It's a good, good, yes. good for you. It was to be a able good introduction. Yeah, we decided we we didn't want to go the next year without babies. Yeah, having had such a successful first season, yeah. so we bought two more pregnant females. Uh, one of them aborted uh, oh. about a month and a half before she was due. Oh, that's so tough. Very sad. It is. Yeah. The other one had her baby, but it was really tiny, and mm. it didn't get going at all and it died within four or five days oh heartbreaking yes yeah, so the second year wasn't such a good year for us mm. um and in fact the one that had small baby we we got her pregnant again and she did exactly the same the second year so we wouldn't breathe from her again, from again. she so, obviously yeah. can't can't cope with um producing a, a viable career and, mm. and raising it Shame. Yeah. Sometimes it is like that. It's, it's, yeah. it's hard to, to, to face those issues, but uh, sometimes that's, that's how it is. So the, the wisdom says that you take that on the breeding program. You just don't just, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, there you go. So, and, and you've now got a, a larger herd of, uh, what was it? 20, 23 now. 23. Yeah. yeah. And more to come this, this summer. Yes, we should have four. Right. This summer, they they all look as if they're pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I understand. I understand that because because you go well, uh, I'm just not so sure. I just just may have got this wrong. Maybe they're not after all. And then Especially they, they, when they're in full fleece as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you go oh, perhaps I don't know. Don't know. Oh, there's the baby. Okay, yeah. So they they were pregnant after all. 
<laughs> and you do the, the tummy watching, don't you? Oh, so yes. you stand there staring at their tummy, waiting to see something move. move Is right. that them breathing? Yeah. Mm, maybe, I'm, maybe not. Oh, was that a kick? Was that, oh, 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 was that indigestion? Not sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's an exciting time, though, the, the whole, whole it career is, birth lovely. time. Yeah, it is. Excellent. And it's out to the field every hour to see if anything's changed, anything's yep. happened. And oh, they're coming again. They're looking. They're looking. I, I know <laughs> with our girls, they 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 watch me watching them, and some yeah. of them go, "Oh no!" And they kind of you can see them just tense when yeah. I, when I appear on the horizon and yeah. give them a little wave, and and they kind of they watch me go <laughs> away again. Oh, good, he's gone. Right, let's yeah, get up. That's there. right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It's well, amazing how quickly they can produce from appearing perfectly normal, yeah. not a sign of anything. You go back an hour later and there's the career sitting up and yeah, well absolutely. on its way. <laughs> Excellent. So um, from uh, how we connected uh, with, with Sue, my wife, uh, who you met at Wonderwall, Wales. That's right, yes. Um, obviously fibre, the, the, the alpaca fleece and the fibre, uh, is really important to you. So yeah. why why is that? What what is it about the alpaca fiber that really grabs your attention? The feel of it, the feel of a really good fleece is so lovely. It's just like butter slipping through your fingers. Mm. Um, obviously, the coarser fleeces don't have quite the feel, but you haven't got the the sticky lanolin that you get in wool. So it's I've I've always been somebody who has a sensitive feel in my fingers, um, and I've been always been attracted to detail. Right. So the fineness and the feel of the alpaca fleece is just perfect for me. I just love it, um, and I'm always into those Korea fleeces to see what they look like, to see what they feel like. Uh, that that's the real joy to me is to find those lovely, lovely fleeces and work with them mm. just... and, and to try and get everybody else to feel the same. <laughs> oh, you're on a mission then. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid so. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, now, I know you've been doing some uh, training sessions and things with the, the Westshire's Alpaca Group. Yep. Um, yep. Can you tell us a bit about that? What, what have you been up to? We've kind of developed the group we've we've got quite a, a large group now i think we're up to about 35 farms uh, right. in the group now and a real mixture right from international judges big breeders right down to those that just have two or three animals for the love of it i'm trying to avoid saying pets because i think pets mm. is so misleading yeah for so many people um because they're not pets. They're not like a dog or a cat that you no, sit down with right. them on your lap and cuddle. They're, they're livestock, effectively. And they're brilliant livestock, and I love them to bits, and they're great characters. Um, and and people get a lot of joy from having them, um, which is great. Yeah. But I, I try and avoid the pet word if I can. Absolutely. I've said that. it three times. <laughs> <laughs> so we have people that own three animals up to people that have three 300 i think he's got now there <laughs> wow. we go um so we have a, a vast amount of experience both from people who only have a few and those that have hundreds um and we've been on a mission to share that knowledge effectively between the group um so we've done a couple of sessions this year on fiber the first session was really looking at 
getting your fibre, if you like. Mm. So from finding your shearer, the process of shearing, the kit that's used, how to set up your environment for shearing, um, how to look after your animals before shearing, what to do with the fleece once it's come off the shearing mat, um, mm. how to skirt it, how to understand fibre analysis. And we've just had a, a big um, cooperative running within the group uh, to analyse fibre samples. And we ended right. up with 257 samples, which meant we got a, a really good deal from, from AFT to analyse those. And we, we talked, we had a couple of fleeces out with their analysis so we could say right this is why this is shows on this chart um look at the fleece here's here's the samples this one's got a few coarse fibers so if you look in the staples you can see those coarse fibers within that fleece um and really help people to understand what the fleece is all about and what the analysis is all about so that was one session looking at mm, that sounds massively practical really really helpful yeah um and it, you know, there was 20 or so of us there and we all stood around uh, a skirting table and had a look at the fleece and help people to understand what it's all about. And then the right. second session, we were talking about how to make the most of your fleece in terms of whether you sell it wholesale and the pros and cons of selling it wholesale, uh, whether you sell it to crafters and the importance of those crafters understanding the quality of the fleece that you're selling and therefore its value and worth and price. Uh, I see so many pictures on Facebook or wherever of people who've bought alpaca fleece, hearing from people like me that say, it's wonderful, it's wonderful, you've got to use it. And then you see the pictures and it's seconds or even thirds and they've been sold that as alpaca. And they, they think that's what alpaca is. And it ruins the whole crafting alpaca sales business because they don't want to buy it. Yeah. Going back to Wonderwall, I speak to so many people that say, oh, tried alpaca, didn't really like it, didn't work for me. It was a bit coarse. It was nothing special. And I give them some of my fleece and say, was it like this? Hmm. Oh, no, that's different. So it, it it's about educating the crafters and the public about alpaca fleece as well as as owners and how they sell it to people. Mm. I was talking to Rainey Williamson, who edits the British Fibre Art magazine at Wonderwall, and she went to her local spinning group. Um, and there was a gentleman there came up and said, I'm carding some alpaca. I'm carding it with Herdwick. And she kind of stood there stunned and looked at him and thought, why on earth would you want to put alpaca with Herdwick? Herdwick, for those yeah. that don't know, is one of the coarsest sheep fleeces there is. And when she looked at what he had, again, it was seconds or thirds or really coarse blanket. Um, and yeah, it did match the Herdwick, but that's, for me, not what alpaca fleece is all about. Yeah. Yes, there is coarse, and we have to find a use for it. And that's probably for felted things or rugs or something of that nature. But the beauty of alpaca is in that fine, beautiful, soft, buttery fleece that you can make some wonderful products from that you, you barely feel on your skin. They're so soft and so light. Yeah, so it is this question of getting getting people hands-on, but with yeah. the good stuff. 
yeah and understanding the yeah. difference between the good stuff and the not so good stuff yeah. and, and and the uses for the good stuff and the not so good yeah, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say because I know I know in Australia they they've been using the the coarser um fiber which you kind of go, oh, that you wouldn't want that anywhere near. No, no, you wouldn't want it near you in terms of a, a scarf around your neck. But actually, yeah. it makes wonderful carpets. So they yes. were able to to use a lot of the the fibre, which otherwise you kind of go, oh, I'm not sure what to do with this. Um, so the, there was a whole area of the market was was generated to to make use of that part of the of the fibre, finding the right use for the right kind of fibre. Yeah, that's excellent. right. Yeah. And I know there's some other things that you're you're in the middle of, or shortly to be in the <laughs> middle of, with the the West Shires. Now, West Shires, explain for those because it does go around the world. Um, <laughs> where where West Shires is as an area? What's what's the nearest sort of big town or city? We're to the west of Birmingham, between Birmingham and the Welsh border, really, and north from oh, just above Shrewsbury, down to Gloucester, maybe. So it's right. Shropshire, Herefordshire, Worcestershire, Gloucestershire is, is our which primary is, Which is region. why it's called West Shires. There we go. Yes. There we go. <laughs> that's, that's, that's helpful just to put it in a, in a context. I know you've been working on this uh, for the the Royal Three County Show, which is going to be at Malvern, uh, coming up very shortly, um, and having a, a craft show within that. That's um, right. So yep. t- tell us a bit more about that. Again, it... it tax onto the back of the, the the sessions we've done but it's to help people use or get alpaca used more and to help the public understand about alpaca more um we we obviously have the alpaca show halter and fleece show at, at the three county show um, but this year we're introducing the craft show uh, as something new so people who want to enter things made of alpaca, whether it be um, spun yarn, whether it be weaving, whether it be knitted or crocheted or whether it be felted, they can enter that into the show. Um, We've got the judges coming to judge it and and each of them a specialist within their area to judge the items and then they'll be displayed at the show. And we'll also have uh, members of our local guild of weavers, spinners and dyers there demonstrating spinning and and weaving as well so we'll sit we'll have the whole gamut from the animals through the shorn fleeces through to the people making things spinning and weaving to the products that you can make within the tent so hopefully it'll give the public a good idea of what alpacas are all about Mm. now when is that that's coming up soon uh 14th to the 16th of june so 14th 16th of june is it too late for people to enter no, uh, entries have to be in by the 1st of June. So you've got a week and a half to get entries in. So, so if you it's have close. Some, <laughs> it's close, yes. It's close. So you have to get your skates on. But yes. there is still the possibility of being involved, which is great. Yeah, so that's the uh, 14th to the 16th of June. And that's the Royal Three County Show at Malvern. And there'll be details in the, the show notes so we can find the links to, to, to get to that. And then got a website as well for the group that's right. The entry forms are on. Excellent. Uh, you were talking about the range of things that are that, that are going there and different a- aspects of of the crafts and things that that people can contribute to to the show. And one of the, the areas was spinning. Yes. Um, now I know a little bit about that from from something you, <laughs> you comment you made in the last little uh, interview with Sue uh, at Wonderwall that um, that you do your own spinning. I do. I do. Um, 
that's another story. Again, it was the first year we had alpacas. We obviously had their fleece. And at that stage, I couldn't spin. Uh, so I sent it to a mill to be spun, um, hoping I'd get some really nice yarn back that I could make things um, from you know, knitted or crocheted or whatever. And what I got back, I wasn't entirely happy with. The number of mills that are available now to spin alpaca is increasing because there is a big demand for it. Uh, but at the time, there wasn't that many. My cousin's always been an avid spinner uh, for many, many years. And I said, OK, Maggie, come on, I need to learn how to do this. I'm sure I can do it better than, than what I got back from the mill that cost me a lot of money. And she started me off um, and four years later... I'm an avid spinner. Um, I love it. <laughs> and again, it's because you're handling the fleece. You you can prepare it however you want to whatever standard you want and you get the quality of yarn out of it that you want at the end of the day. Do you find that the t- it changes with different animals? Do you, f- you find one, one fleece is different to another? In the handle, definitely. Yeah. And even parts of the fleece. Um, and that's given me so much education in terms of assessing a fleece or parts of a fleece now because I can feel it in my fingers. I know when I'm reaching the edge of the good blanket because I can feel the difference in my fingers when I'm preparing it. And and the spinning, does it does it spin differently? Um not when it's yes. prepared, not when it's prepared well. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it it does. It feels um the really fine fleeces want to spin fine. Right. They automatically allow you to spin a really fine yarn. Yeah. Just the way they move, the fibres move against each other it, it, and the length of them allows yeah. you to spin a really different. fine yarn. Mm. If it's a bit coarser, then it's more difficult to spin a finer yarn and actually it feels better as a yarn when it's a bit thicker and a bit loftier. So if people are getting into spinning and wanting to, to, to explore that, what would you recommend? Go to your local guilds. Um, yeah the Guild of Spinners, Weavers and Dyers or Waver Spinners and Dyers. Yeah. Um, most areas have one. There's always people in there that know how to spin and most of them will have equipment that you can borrow as well. Right, yeah. And I, I, from my contact with them, I, I know they, they delight in sharing their yeah. their knowledge and experience and helping people to to get started and to, to develop yeah. more. So that's, that's yeah. a, it's a, good, a good, uh, good link there. Um, there seems to be a line that people have to cross from being interested in something um, to being engaged with it, if that makes sense. What do you think helps people cross that line from having a, oh, I like alpacas, or, oh, I like the idea of doing something with with the fleece, to actually getting involved and, and doing it? That's that's a really good question, and I don't know how to answer it. <laughs> well, what, what, what was it for you? What was the thing that what was the trigger for you that that, that went from just a, oh this is nice this is interesting to actually being <laughs> uh, whatever the appropriate thing is up to your knees or up to your elbows or <laughs> once we'd had our first career I think I was completely captivated mm. and I wanted to have more yeah I wanted to breed more that the genetics and and the unknown of what you get um, captivated me. Mm. But that's not for everybody. It's obviously a, a big commitment having yeah, pregnant animals and, and dealing with the youngsters and, and what can go wrong. Yeah. And if you've uh, only got a few, then recognise the, the issue challenge of, uh, uh, of weaning. 
because if you yep. if you end up with four animals and and three of them are a male, <laughs> that's not so bad. But if three of them are female and you've got one male that you've yep. got to wean separately from the others, it gets to be quite a challenge to to manage yep. that in a small group. Yes, so, so uh, needs needs thinking about. But there's there are, there are ways through most of those issues. I think. Yeah, um, the fibre side, I guess it just built on what I'd always done that I'd always crafted and mm. this was another avenue of crafting and, and I just, as I say I just love the feel of it um, and there's so many black holes that you can fall into with crafting <laughs> I've just just fallen into another one I've bought myself an eight shaft loom to do some weaving on so. oh really wow yep <laughs> oh that sounds fun I really like the idea of that yeah, it's mm, good fun. Uh, no, no, I'll, I'm sitting on my hands. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I've got too many other things on the go. I can't. I can't start doing that as well. <laughs> but that sounds. Good. I know. It gets like yeah. that. Yeah. And what yeah. shall I do? Shall I prepare fleece? Shall I spin? Shall yeah. I knit? Shall I crochet? Shall I weave? Mm, I've really got now. Oh, it's a difficult choice. <laughs> <laughs> but good to have a, a range of things that you can do. Yeah. So, if there was one area of your work that was going to blossom and increase, what would you like that to be? increasing the use of alpaca fiber right whether it be mine or somebody else's i don't really mind i i really want there to be more love of it if you like because i have a love of it i want to share that love mm. of it so i know i know we haven't sufficient animals to make a real fiber market into the commercial areas because they need such vast quantities of of a similar standard of fiber mm. i i know we have somebody local in our village that does alpaca socks right and she has to import yarn from peru because right. she imports 30 tons of yarn from Peru to have her socks made. We we don't produce that volume mm. of a sufficient quality in this country to sustain one business like that, mm -hmm. let alone numerous businesses like that. Um, so we have to find a way of getting alpaca used outside of the commercial side of things and getting the public to appreciate why it's more expensive than wool. Yeah. is a big part of that. So lots of education, lots of yes, um, um, trying to get their message out there yes. <laughs> about alpaca fibre and alpaca, alpaca fleece and what it can be used for. That's excellent. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for, for sharing your, your thoughts and your experience there. Good luck with the, the, the Three Counties show, which is coming up. And again, there'll be links on the, the show notes just to to let people know where that is and how they can get because actually it's quite central in, in being in Malvern you can almost yep. get there from anywhere it's kind of yeah but it's it's easy easy access that's good um, so it's, that's brilliant thank you very much and we'll speak to you again soon okay thank you I love to hear someone who knows their stuff wants to learn more and is excited to share it with others I hope you enjoyed hearing from Julia don't forget the Royal Three Counties Show in Malvern from the 14th to the 16th of June. It's accessible to almost everywhere. And if you really can't make it there, I'm sure there'll be another show near you. Go and check out what's going on and what people are up to. Get your hands on some good quality alpaca fleece and see what it takes for you to cross the line from interested to involved.
Thanks for listening and being with us on the Alpaca Journey. Remember, if you're enjoying the podcast, don't keep it to yourself. Leave a review and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. See you again soon. So, until next time with the Alpaca Tribe, I'm Steve Hetherington.